0: They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM.
1: Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Madman. Trip Job and Darren Rand here, and today we're going to jump into B2B marketing content. And uh, it's interesting to see what has gone on over the past. Let's let's go back five six years. All right, because there were some trends, and then pandemic hit, and we're going to kind of go into you know. There's some some things I think the pandemic has helped. There's some things it's really really hurt. Um, but I think the key is understanding what what are your customers or potential customers looking
0: for. What do you think? It, it <laughs> 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 let's just open up Pandora's box. Wind them up. Yeah. Uh, wow. I think let's 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 look at who who the advertiser or the brand's customers are look what they're looking for what they're not looking for is a sales pitch. Exactly. That's and, number 1. And 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 folks, everybody's going to tell you this and you're not going to listen. So but just try to try to listen to this. If you're going out there and going to, you know, try to sell 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 in your content, people will shut you down. They will. They will not. Whether whether they just opt out or whatever. They. They. It's like, I don't want to be sold. It, and you know, look, you you're from you know when you were up in in uh, in Wisconsin and so forth. I went to a fight and a hockey game yeah, broke out. Right. That's that's what content should be. I mean, it should be something that you actually enjoy absorbing.
1: Yeah, and you dive in. I do think that was a positive of the pandemic. I think there was so much effort put on. Okay we can dive in, we can make content better and really go thought leadership versus trying to sell sell sell. So let's let's start with some data. Okay. All right, uh, as we both love data. Data. Um so this was from um a uh, study that uh, was done by the uh let's see here, State of Content Consumption and Demand Report. Um Netline I guess is uh, the the parent company. And they said last year in 2021, the number of uploads by marketers grew twenty point three percent, and that outpaced all other B two B content format. So that's that's a high level. Um, ebooks dominated forty three percent of the total, seven point four percent for white papers, um, and then one other thing. Uh, let's see here, just at the high level, uh, content consumption increased by more than nine percent last year. Um, and there was a 19% acceleration in additional content registrations and, uh, let's see, three and a half hour, essentially, uh, increase in time to consume content. So, in general, last year, people were downloading more, they were spending more time with it, and they were registering for more. And, you know, you, you obviously, you have the pandemic where people are, you know, the first half of the year where people were looking for anything, but... You know, the second half of the year, people were out. So um, I do think that there is, uh, you know, there's some trends going on here in how we get content if it's done well.
0: So you you nailed the first one, which is, all right, folks, this is a great thing with how Tripp talks about how you can make numbers, do whatever you want. I'm absolutely not saying that content's not huge. It is so important. But this is a great example of somebody going wow let's go push content no i I, let's be clear i think content is absolutely important what happens is that nobody really reads into these numbers and you you just nailed it the first part of the year you could have put anything out there there wasn't anything on television everyone had worn that out right right there's nothing to watch on television there's no there are no movies there's nothing so what do you do you go get content all right i'm gonna try to learn a little bit here learn a little bit there now it's like it's it's yeah, my guess is if we were to look at it on a month-over-month basis, it probably spike, and it's coming down, and it's gonna it'll find a new a new plateau that's right. probably, but it's not gonna be twenty percent. Now, on the other hand, though, it also begs the question: Well, what do I do? You said e-books and white papers, and oh my, okay. Now we're getting to, and folks, I'm dealing with this every day, all day, with a couple things we're doing with this client, and wow all right so if everybody is doing ebooks why do you want to do one as well everyone's doing white papers now white papers are different right we know because they are they are the quote the fact based information whether anybody really reads them end to end totally different but well there's a whole
1: and i think in the second session i don't want to cut you off here yeah there's so many Uh, Points to white papers, not only the white papers themselves, how you use them. I do want to make sure we come back in the longer session and and jump into that. Yeah. But um, no, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. And and so what is the content and how do you test it? And, And it's not only a matter of the uploads, but and again, back to data, how many people are clicking, how many people are absorbing. When we've worked with other clients, one of the things we saw with content, anytime they put a video out it was it was absolutely a spike in the downloads anything that was print material eh, in terms of content but if they did a new video through the roof in terms of how how it was consumed so
1: well and one of the things you said off right at the bat is who's your audience what are they looking for how do you reach them i mean that's that's number one so let's dive a little further they did have some information on who was reading the content, all right? And I think this is important in the context. And again, numbers only mean something if you've got context. So the number one uh, job function or area was IT, information technology with 28% of the downloads, which, again, if you think about a lot of the white papers, a lot of the eBooks. Gartner, Forrester, you know, the um, the Quadrant, and, and a lot of fantastic data. So not surprising there. Number two, uh, executives. So let's call that the C-level, 15%. Uh, again, looking at not only maybe ways with the pandemic to improve their uh, technology, but information that's helpful. Then we then we really break it down. The next highest level is just over six percent. You get education, engineering, HR, finance, accounting. I mean, sales and marketing. (laughs) No surprise, sales is ninth out of ten here (laughs) at uh, about four percent, only ahead of operations. So they're like, come on, please. but I think that's that's important because if important. you're if you're putting out you know ebooks or other types of white papers or things and trying to target salespeople, you're wasting your time.
0: <laughs> that's just so folks would Tripp trip and I talk about. There's what I'm laughing at is not the fact that it's three point four percent. What I'm laughing at is the fact it should be about twenty percent because <laughs> salespeople now. Oh boy! Um, what else were they doing last year? You know, the, they first part of, the first part of the year, anyway. You know, but. whether it's you know account-based marketing, whether it's whatever. I mean, I I think the salespeople need to be downloading more books. I mean, <laughs> it's just either that or take a class from you. to – I mean, uh, sorry. Um, and he hit a he hit a hot button, folks. Yeah. I mean, sales v marketing. It's supposed to work together all the time, but I, we in marketing see it. Trip seen it from both sides. Yeah. I see it from the marketing side and go. I've asked many, I ask people all the time, I ask you, how many pro- truly professional sales folks do you see out there anymore? I mean, pros. It, it's few and
1: far between. True you know? pros. And, um, you know, and I think that, I think the biggest challenge, in fact we had, uh, you, you know Robert Steele, a good friend, um, we had him on one of my networking groups uh, talking about the work that they're doing at the Steele Center for uh, University of North Alabama training salespeople in college. And, you know, there are – Kennesaw State is the probably the largest and best, you know, uh, sales um, education as far as colleges and universities. But, you know, the, the data that came out was something like 50 – just over 50 percent of college grads eventually will end up in sales. Maybe not right away, but at some point in their career, they'll end up in sales. Yet, until 10 years ago, there were so few – You know, training, training as far as colleges, and then we know that a lot of businesses don't. So, you know, back we're we're kind of getting off course a little bit, but um, back to numbers, folks. Yeah, Yeah. you know, you need to be thinking about um, the ways that you can train salespeople. So, um, last last bit of data on this, and then uh, we'll round out this session. But is that thirty one percent of B two B professionals expected to invest in buyer level intent data in the next? 12 months and 15% in the next six months. So, um, you know, again, people are looking to either produce or they're looking to acquire this type of data. So, again, strong information. I think that goes back to Darren's point. Understand who your audience is, what's the best way to reach them, and do you reach them in one swoop? And this may set us up for the next section, or is it a process of how you bring them in, how you disseminate information um, versus just, you know, the old the old way of, boy, I put out one white paper a year.
0: Yeah. The, um, reach strategy is, I mean, is going to be key. And who knows what the number is? It used to be, you know, 50, it's probably 10,000, you know, um, uh, messages a day we get as as consumers. So... You've got to think about to what you just said, who's the audience, when are they listening, how are they listening, and what is the amount of time they will actually dedicate to the absorption of, of your content?
1: Yeah, no, it's – um. so many people just think, okay, well, I need to put this out, and I'll put it out through my entire channels. And they don't think about, you know – Really, going back to the professional selling, I mean, it's marketing and selling to, to figure out, you know, do you need to warm them up? Do you need to find out what they're looking for? I mean, there's been some interesting conversations I've uh, had on LinkedIn recently about gated content and marketers use gated content probably too much. Exactly. And, you know, it's a crutch versus, you know what, if you are creating interesting yes. things, let sales follow up. You don't need to gate. Why do you have to have this information?
0: That that gated content debate is and gated what we mean folks is that you have to, you know, sign up or, or you don't get anything and and look, as a marketer, I understand it. It's like going to a bookstore. Well, do we even have bookstores anymore, Trip? Yeah,
1: Barn well, usually they have a coffee shop inside. That's true. That's- you know, back to our back to our, you know, I went
0: to a fight and a hockey game yeah. game broke out. I went to a I went to a coffee shop and I bought a book, you know. Yeah. Um but you know, to your point, when we walk up and I don't know if you did the same thing on this, but and you go to the register or one of these places Hey, can I get your name and your email address and your phone number? No. No. (laughs) And I'll say to them all the time, I understand why you're asking. I appreciate why you're asking. I'm the jerk that's, you know, in the back room at some executive level what the marketer is uh, telling you to ask, but no, I don't want to be.
1: No, no. I'm going to protect my information <laughs> and, you know, there's a few places and things like that. So anyhow, that's, uh, that's the data piece. So when we come back from the break, we're going to uh, dive into some of the ways of content and how we see best practices for content uh, really moving forward and how you can use that in your business. So you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3.
0: Now back to the Marketing madmen on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the
1: Marketing Mad Men. Trip Joe here with uh, Darren Rand, and we are talking about content, and we gave a little bit of uh, you know, some data that just came out of, about the fact that uh, B2B content really um, had a huge uptick last year, talked about, fact that uh, ebooks white papers uh, were some of the big areas and uh, so how, d- how do you go about it what are some of the best practices and what, do, what are things that have changed and I'll start with maybe I'll start with that and let's start with white papers first and maybe we'll get into uh, case studies I don't really want to spend a lot of time on ebooks at this point I mean I think ebooks tend to be more in the educational space and maybe a little bit in some of the I- IT space but um, you know, when you think about uh, the old white papers, it was very, very technical, very, very dry, um, focused at times on engineering, purchasing, uh, very high-level decision-making, um, Healthcare, care, another area, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them. I think the, the challenge we always saw was, you know, unless you were the Fortune 1000 level, you know, to put out more than one white paper a year was always uh, was tough.
0: Well, and they, it's funny. I wrote down ROI. You know, folks, um, and this is not a trick question, what would you throw out there as a white paper cost? You as the executive... Plus the writer, plus what do you think? Well, are, we ca- in, are we
1: counting the research that goes into
0: developing it? Yeah, what do you think it would take to do one? Oh, I mean, I'm just, are, I mean, you and I both.
1: No, if we, when you're talking about true the research and all that, I would say in most cases you're going to be
0: forty to fifty thousand dollars. I agree with you a hundred percent. And folks, we were we I, I I mean, and so that's the thing people don't understand is hmm. what it really takes to produce good a good white paper. And if you're going to do it, and you're you're fortunate enough to have Uh, Content available to you through a a client or something like that, okay, it's still going to run you 15 to 25. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of work. And so what what hit me was when you said, you know, the reason you would do one a year. What I'm also getting to is people saying, hey, can we do a lot of this? And when we tell them what it takes to do it correctly, they look at us like we've got four heads. It's like, no, 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 no. This is what it takes to really do a good white paper. Right look at mckinsey look at kpmg look at gartner these these people have teams and here's the other thing cuz we're dealing with it every day there are not a lot of writers out there and it is really tough to find good writers who understand how to write good white paper content so oh. you i mean oh I I
1: had a a text from a good friend who's a recruiter in the marketing space today. Anyone know of a good internal communications person? I mean, I get one of those every week from people they're trying to source for others. No, you're dead on. Um, I think the other thing that, and I will say, over the last five to ten years, and I will give social media a little bit of credit. um, I also think that you know whether it's YouTube and other other types of marketing tactics and vehicles, is you have the ability to take that one white paper. As Darren said, do it right, do it well, don't try to create more than you're capable of doing. But we're more able to develop a campaign around it and put it into bite-sized pieces, take components of the white paper, and all of a sudden you create Six to ten touch points. There might be three to four on LinkedIn. You might have a couple um, via if you have a YouTube channel with video. Um, you might have an ad that references, you know, digital ads um, in most cases that reference uh, parts of the white paper. But you, you put it in sections, all right? You release the whole white paper, but then you develop what can become a three to six month campaign of where you're um, – Getting all this information out, and it's not this one-time, you know, shoot your uh, white paper out, so to
0: speak, and that's it. So you know, so the, the um, I wrote down cost per content production, and ROI, and then what you said was you know part of a campaign. So right, so we we just folks, we just talk about you know when you're thinking about doing this, think about the reality of what it's going to take. And if you're not going to do it right, don't do it. No. That's number one. We've all, and then the ROI three parts of ROI, brand, awareness, authority, right, fact, okay, I I gain authority, I, you know, yes, here is, here is the data, here is the Mm -hmm. research to prove that what we are saying is valid, and third are leads, and probably in that order, if you think a white paper is a lead gen, stop now, step back from the ledge, you know, so, and so now you say, okay, well, is it worth it to, to me as a company to produce that.
1: Yeah. And, I, and here's one thing I want to maybe put a definition, and there's not a formal definition, but I'll put one and then we may talk about this section too, is a white paper versus a case study. A white paper is something that has to some level of enough examples, research, customers, whatever, that it's statistically relevant. So it's not a single customer. A case study may be a single customer. And they are totally different they're they're both tremendously valued but but understand some people think they can create a white paper on a customer or maybe two customers and those are case studies
0: and where, where you started our call our, 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 our show today is an example of a little mini white paper yeah. I mean someone went out and did this research published it online for geeks like us to go look and go oh wow that's that's pretty interesting And the next part that trip talked about is part of a campaign now I talk about this all the time. I don't know if I've ever talked about it with us on the air, but you know what Trip just said about how you use it um you, you got to find a lodge pole i mean look if you're if you're coke and you're listening, <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> 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 or a t and t yeah right, um, but you know hey, we've got friends out there that say they're listening to us, so that's good, but all kidding aside, um even mid market companies fifty million, 100 million 10 million whatever um find a lodge pole find something it may be an event it may be a, that that you're sponsoring it may be a trade show but, but 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 to put it out there as you know like dropping a penny in the ocean it doesn't do any good build to it use it multiple times all those things so that so that when you look at what it is going to take to produce it And and I've said this before and I tell you this is this is absolutely holding true on everything we're doing right now. If you're gonna do a I would kind of look at this almost like a sponsorship, for every dollar you invest in doing it, you need to add two to activate the audience to engage. And what I what we mean by that is okay, so Tripp talked about, you know, fifty thousand, forty to fifty on a research paper or twenty 20 to 25 on a, on a case study or something. Great. What are you going to do with it now?
1: Yeah, and I'll use an example. And, and this is one that's not quite yet in play because, you know, one of our clients is they're not quite ready, but some of the information is out there. So done have done uh, paper. And, you know, they are big in food packaging and compostable, sustainable pack, packaging. Um, to your point, uh, as a way, you know, we kind of help them think about it. Right now they can produce webinars around key tenets, right within the sustainable area there are some significant like the sustainable packaging association and institute there's some significant events out there to look at a white paper there could be a industry-based white paper on um, compostable packaging right could be related to all types right that's the type of thing that you look where Darren's going is hey This is a study on what types of packaging can compost, how fast they compost, what type of things. They make oil and grease resistant papers. Um, There's the whole thing about PFAS, getting away from that. How does that impact um, compostability? So as you put a white paper around this technical area out there, you want it released, let's say, a month before a couple of these big sustainable conferences. Right. How do you then go about doing it and building that whole campaign? And that's a case where the white paper itself doesn't necessarily promote their products. It promotes the area they're in and how they operate in this environment.
0: And it's meant to get a conversation going at that that at that event. I mean, it's a hot topic and it's meant to go. All right, let, that Let's 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 use that thinking. So what we're in to, to kind of finish this, using it in a campaign. Again, it's not one and done, right? Think about it in little mini vignettes if you can. And and find a way to use it, you know, as part of whatever else you're doing, your overall plan. Because if you just put it out there, I mean, it could be a fantastic case study or a fantastic white paper. But, folks, people are busy. We've had David Hughes here. We know about how how few people are in the business world, I mean, in terms of, B2B and it's shrinking and shrinking. So, you know, you may have the greatest thing since sliced bread and nobody hears it. What good is that?
1: Well, that is a great point. And I used to get it all the time, having both sales and marketing. And guess what, the the audience out there doesn't pay as much attention as you do. And I used to get the comments, well, we can't keep putting this out. I mean, I already know it. Well, that's coming from our own internal salespeople, right? And you can repurpose, you can, as uh, Darren said, make little vignettes. understand the tens of thousands in your audience that you're trying to reach um, are not as engaged, not as active, they don't, you know, necessarily see it. And guess what? 6 months later, they may not remember they saw it. One right?
0: 990 baby? You but, know. you know, yeah.
1: why don't you go through the 1990 um because it's been a while oh, it's been a while since okay. we talked about it. But I mean, I think that's an important part because I do see good content not being reused and repurposed because of an internal push sometimes that says well we've already done that we've got to get something new and without really understanding if their customer base
0: a saw it or b really read it okay so if we have 10,000 people in our in our contact database in social media so we have 1% that are 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 your heavy users Will, the, anything you put out there, they will consume and they will probably read. We, we I'm not a reader, yeah. okay? If it's not video, I'm probably – and, I mean, no, I, if you put something in front of me, and I've got to find this one day. There, I know there are articles <laughs> about reading versus – I mean, if you put it in front of me and I have a pen in my hand, I'll read it, right? But to get somebody like, you know, different people, we talk about audience. So 1%, regardless of what, what you do, they're going to they're gonna consume it. So that's – if you have 10,000 people, that's 100 people. That's yeah. it. Okay. and then you've got nine percent right so that's 900 people right and and so out of your 10,000 people you got a thousand people that are actually engaged yeah. the the other 9 thousand people if you're lucky some of them will engage and so when you start reverse engineering your cost against the number of people that are reading and how you need to get it and the number of times you got to it is a it's a it's a big fun math equation, but the but this is what people don't look at. They don't look at what it's going to really take to, you know. So I, if I do it, I use that same one you just made. The trip made the comment, and what he's saying is, you can use it again. The people, the one percenters, may say, okay, I've already read that one. The nine percenters, and maybe what you're trying to do is get to that ninety percent and give them a reason to go. Ah, you know what? I saw that a little bit ago, and let me go read that because now it, it, in, instead of it being in their inbox, right? And back to your executive. I mean, yeah. th- you know, when your executive level consumption, folks, how many executives are are protected by their executive assistants or assistants oh. of some of some people of some sort, right? So to get something to their hands, right? You've got you've either got to find a way to get it in front of them or in front of their assistant. But my point is, is this is where you know repetition and instead of and instead of maybe. The paper going out there, and this is back to the debate between gated and non-gated, you know, you, you might just need to promote the living crud out of it and and, and find out how people respond um, to you promoting that content versus just giving it to them. And, Again, I think, and, and one of the audience. things
1: I'd look at is, you know, in some cases you have to look at the actual numbers versus the percentage numbers. Absolutely. And you know, as an example, we're going through with a client, and you know, we got some of the early data back on some of the ads, and and someone will will look and say, okay, well, you know, uh, percentage of people who actually clicked, you know, from those who opened was, you know, ten percent, and you're like, oh, great, what well, ten? No, wait a second, that's of the people who opened. So then you got to back it out, and what you find out is, you know, the the click rate is somewhere in the the one percent, two percent total, you know, and and that's of maybe an email, and so you have to look and really understand, but that may be okay. If it's if going out to enough audience, if if that brings 50 people in, you know, another one of our clients did um, send out an email with about 3,000 people on it. Well, you know, some of the times we have downloadable content, we get about 30 people that download it's that 1%. That's fantastic. Now, that may be over two months. It may not be the first, because that goes back to the fact that they may not have seen it the first month, but the next month they download it. Um, but that 30 for them is meaningful. It's meaningful as far as impacting their business. Um, 30 for an IBM may be,
0: you know, n- not helpful at all. Yeah, it, it, you know, when we were, de- we were talking to David that one day about, you know, and he does a lot of content um, for One Digital, and he's talking about HR and benefits and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I asked him one day about, you know, how many people usually sign up. He said 200-ish, and he said, you know, and I said, how many people um actual download some of the after he goes "Eh, 12 20 ish i said he said that's not good i said that's great you know i mean so again to your point if it's ibm they probably want you know a thousand and they want but i'm not even sure you know with with actually we could have that debate all day long if ibm's doing it they're probably going well let me think about it if i only want to talk to people in you know a certain segment of of technology they may only be looking for 200 to 500 people, and we, we just did a, a big event yesterday, and you're going to have a, a, a... So if you have two to 500 people for a piece of content, a webinar, or we call a master class, you'll have 30 to 50% attend, and then the rest will you know, maybe 25 to 50 percent will download it later. And so there's your repetition again.
1: I I want to go into that Um, first before we do that we'll switch over to kind of the webinar content. If you have questions, if there are things that, you know, you want to pick our brain just better understand about, you know, you're thinking about uh, white papers, ebooks, case studies, that type of let's call it documented Type content, you know, go out to our website, randinc.cc. Um, give us a call, send me an email at tjobe at randinc.cc. Happy to talk to you about uh, getting the most ROI out of that uh, level. Let's just call it print based, research based content. But now let's jump into the webinars because we've been doing a number of those. We so, uh, referenced one earlier with Dunn. You just got through doing the second in a series uh, yesterday. And um, let's talk about how uh, we're approaching that differently. I think this goes into Darren's point of understanding there's a little bit of fatigue out there. If everyone's doing something, is that the way you want to go about it? And trust me, everyone's doing webinars right now.
0: (laughs) He just he smiled at me, folks, when he did that question. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm a when everyone else zigs, I zag. I mean, that's just you know that's my personality, that's my strategy. I don't want to be follower. I want to make sure that we're doing something that is different, um, and that's just a challenge in itself. Um, and, and not to be a rebel, it's just if, you know it's so hard in our in our world of marketing. So um, when we decided to buy our way into these two healthcare publications, very large ones to do a webinar is what they sell. Uh, We said, we are not going to do the classic webcam, PowerPoint, bore the crud out of you. Oh, my God.
1: And as as a reference, both of these organizations basically set up... You know, they will sell out up to three webinars a week. They Basically, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday type deals. So, you know, you're never competing the same day. But understand, if they were fully sold out 50 weeks a year, you know, there's maybe 150 webinars. So they're not quite that much, but I bet they do 80 to 100 a year, each one of them.
0: Absolutely. And, and so we decided that we were going to be very different and set it up much like a talk show. Um, and again, so... Um, we said, we're going to entertain people. And we said, we don't care if we've bought an hour of time. And people go, well, you've bought an hour of time. We don't care if we've bought an hour of time. What we care about is making sure that you, who are coming to the master class, and Ron Howard and all these folks are, I mean, it's be, it's become huge in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we wanted that was the approach we wanted to take. And so the first one... Um, we did two again, two different media outlets, very, very, very large established media outlets in healthcare. Um, we had two hundred registrants to, uh, roughly, and then this one we just had five hundred and something, and we were sixty percent over the norm for registrants and forty percent over the norm for participants. That's big numbers, folks. Yeah. Um, so, so hallelujah to the to the whole team for doing that. Um, but I think. That what it showed is we did not go about it the normal way.
1: Well, and the promotion started, and I will say on the first one because we were running, we probably lost about three weeks yeah. of the typical six seven week promotion period. Whereas the second one, well, I mean, it was promoted in many many ways for six to
0: seven weeks in advance, which is critical. Well, and th- it's just like I mean, we talk about this. It's like it's like concerts, right? If you want to, you're not only going to see Atlanta Rhythm section, right? They're going to let you know as soon as they got the dates here, the dates are out there. And then as you get closer and closer, Mm. and there is, there, this data is out there, and especially if you've got friends in the entertainment business or the concert business, and you watch that spike. And if you, I mean, this is data, and you watch it, and you watch it, and you watch it. So we were tracking against the expected number of registrants the whole time. We were always ahead, but then we did the final push over the last week and a half and we pushed yep. and it skyrocketed and and so again it, this is we we treat it like entertainment and then we had um it was so a sidestone trip it was a lot of fun yesterday um so we set it up again like a talk show it was rapid fire um and it was because we had lots of questions the point was if we bring it back to the overall conversation we're having here today with, with content, man, I tell you, I've been to – I haven't been to many trade shows in the last 10 years because I just don't like them, but I've been to a couple lately. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> you missed uh, Kevin and I talking about that last week. Oh, so, God.
0: Uh, um, you know, it's like, holy smokes, because you get people to just – I have to have a PowerPoint presentation. I have to go through every slide, and I have to talk. no. And, and 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 folks, look.
1: And I think that was what was different. So to give people just a context, there was pre-recorded video, right? Mm-hmm. That you know really brought into the topics. There was a live introduction and, and dialogue and kind of a monologue, so to speak, from the CEO. Mm-hmm. And then there was you know questions both planned questions, and on-the-fly questions. So, and all of this took place, and I think it, yesterday went about 45 minutes. The first one was about 35 minutes. Again, because let's don't use people's time, you know, going through slide 47 and make sure they saw the appendix tables, C, D, and E. No one cares.
0: And here's, here's the thing, and I was thinking about this the other day, because working, so folks, you all, we've had my brother on, uh, again big time entertainment and does stuff with you know mGM and Bahamas and uh, Diepart and SeaWorld and all these kinds of companies and so when we when we were working with this client we 're talking about we said we 're going to do entertainment and what 's really, really interesting is what what has hit me lately working with him is this: nobody comes to him all these different people that ask him to produce shows and says here 's how I think you should produce a show now i 'm going to say this very slowly. <laughs> And very clearly, people with lots and lots and lots of money, whether it's Win, whether it's MGM, whether, do not go to him and say, this is how you produce a show. He's been doing it 30 years. How long have we been doing marketing? They, how many people come to us and go, this is how you produce marketing? You come with an objective
1: oh. and then let the experts do it. I hate to cut you off, but uh, we're running up against the break. But we're going we're to dive into that when we come back. So uh, you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Trip and Darren will be right back.
0: Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome
1: back to the Marketing Mad Men, Trip Job and Darren Rand. And we have been talking about uh, webinars. Uh, We've been talking about B2B content, uh, case studies, uh, white papers, eBooks. So right before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the fact that, you know, think about it differently. Think about especially all the webinars out there. How do you stand out? And you know Darren kind of went on a rant a little bit and I do agree it's you know if you are going to produce something is it the talk you give to your sales team at a sales meeting or is it something that you're trying to go out to your target audience do you need someone who's an expert and really understands how to reach whoever that customer is and uh, I'll, I'll kind of turn it back over to Darren <laughs> at this point. But I think I think that's the problem. Too many times what happens is I create. And I, I was there. I've done a lot of these presentations we do to our sales team to get them to understand every component of a product or service. And then you want to use that for these webinars to your customers. They don't need to know every aspect, every component when you're trying to engage with them.
0: Well, let's hit one thing first, and then we'll go to the, 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 to the soapbox. The rant um, is first of all what you're talking about. This goes back to selling, and the, you can't, you're not going to sell somebody in the first conversation, right? And so if you start, if you, you start features and functioning them and doing all that kind of stuff, you're gonna, you're, it's that's just not, that's not how sales works. Now maybe in cars because they don't have any cars <laughs> out there, but uh, but the rest of the what, so what Trip's talking about is is again if you if you bombard somebody with all that information at once, forget it, you're just going to lose them. So that's that's number one. Now let's go to the the expertise conversation. So, again, working with Jeb and and all this stuff we're doing. And, again, he works with some huge people. And he said, and he, I was just telling Trip but during the break that he, my brother and I are close, we're old. He said, and he's never really seen our world. And I've talked to him about how similar entertainment and marketing are. And now he's seeing, he's seeing that. And and good marketers um, use entertainment. I mean, look at Ryan Reynolds and how he's become yeah. an agency now, and and that's really, folks. If you really want to get in, I mean, we don't have a lot of bandwidth, uh, but we've got the ability to do some really Hollywood level entertainment in terms of marketing. I think is very different than what you're going to see um, from others. And so what he said to me he goes, you know. When I produce a, a, a movie or a show or or a live theater, people don't come to me and tell me how to produce it. You and I talk about this all everybody thinks they're a marketer. Everybody thinks they're a marketer. Sorry, folks, step back. I mean, trip knows this is
1: Well, and that's where our, our process is, where are you today and where do you want to be? And, and and that's that's what you want. So our goal is what do you want to accomplish? That's right. Where do you want to be? And then get the F out of the way. Get out of the way. Let us us draw up that script, whatever it ends up being, to help you get
0: there. And here's the thing. Fortunately, with this client that we're talking about, we have a CEO who is wonderful uh, in terms of his his persona. And so, you know, there are so many things that are so different in our world, right? In the Q ratings with entertainment, all the things that drive a movie or a Broadway show or whatever to success. Those are the same things that we should be considering in marketing. Maybe it's not Q mm-hmm. uh, ratings, but if you've got a boring CEO, don't put him up there. Uh, oh don't do God, it. Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, and, you know, if you're going to get Tripp up there to talk about something, he's going to have fun talking about basketball. He's going to have fun talking mm-hmm. about whatever you want to talk about, and he's going to get you. But if you've got someone who can't, don't put... Do not put somebody in a bad situation. Yeah. You're not going to make a fox into a greyhound or whatever. That guy made up something. The bottom line is that so people think they know marketing because, and you and I, you know, he really set me off on this one. All this BS that is out there, this is how you should do it. This is how you should do it. This is how you should do it. Guess what? Just because there are all these tools out there, like a Wix for, uh, you know, or a, or a WordPress or whatever, or here's the way you do, you know, X. Ex- doesn't mean you should. I mean, I'd, I'd love hey, to throw a baseball 95 miles an hour and try, I, but I'll probably I throw mean, my arm out.
1: I know enough about what's under the hood of my car. I'm not going to open up and try to, you know, look, I, I, A, I could change to all. Oh, I learned that as a kid. But that's about as far as I'm going to go. I mean, should I mess with my car?
0: Exactly. No. So why is it, okay, so why is it in our world? One of the most complex worlds uh, in business that everybody thinks they know more about this than than, than we that are doing it. And, well, and, and I, think, are... I
1: think that one of the biggest problems is people, especially sometimes at the senior level, associate advertising with marketing. And advertising is a sub-segment of marketing. Marketing is understanding your audience, understanding their um, behaviors, habits, what they need. And then determining the best way to approach them, position your product, your service, et cetera, of which advertising could be a tactic. But you know, there's a lot of people to your point say they know marketing. Well, they they think they know advertising because they know what they like. And even with our clients, they go, "This is the type of ad I like." That's kind of you know what we get, and it's not marketing. It's that's advertising. It, it
0: yeah. It's a, you know it, it's just I, I don't understand. Well, I'm addicted to logic, so I don't understand a lot, but it doesn't make sense. But, again, do you, I love you. I, somehow I got this picture in my head of you when you said under the hood changing the oil of <laughs> a car.
1: Well, so here's a, one of the stories of why I pray shouldn't be doing it. I had a 55 Plymouth. That was my first car. My dad and I were working on it one time. And um, all of a sudden, you know, probably a month goes by and it's time to check the oil again. Open up the hood. And granted... It's, old 55 cars you can actually see to the ground right you know and um, exactly i open it up and sitting on top of the you know engine manifold is the wooden handled screwdriver that we had used a month before (laughs) still sitting there so that tells you a little bit why (laughs) changed all and nothing more I still I, to this day I remember that story. That's so, a great one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> hey, where does this part go? <laughs> <You> know, exactly. <laughs> but
1: the beauty of those cars, oh my god. You know, they ran so smooth. The, the screwdriver was fine for a month. I
0: bet you wish you had that yeah. car now oh, oh god. What is that yes. thing? Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. You, mean, know. you know. But that's but what we're talking about is expertise. Right. Right? What we're talking about is that so, and again, I know I just asked it, and I'm sorry to ask it again, but I'm, so I'll ask the audience. And Trip usually does, but I'm going to ask the audience: What gives you? And I don't mean to be blasphemous, the 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 feeling that you know so much about marketing that instead of going to pros, whether it's us or anybody else, you go and you go. This is what I want to do. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's one thing to get input and preferences, and and I'll I'll wrap us up with, you know, back I used to be, as Darren knows, got a lot of financial background in my education as well, and when we would get talking and the CFO – you know, we talk about we'd we'd have leadership discussions about should we increase our dividend and all that. Well, I would give my opinion as an investor, but the reality is it wasn't my decision. No, you know, I was not the CFO, I was not the CEO, but I would give my opinion of here's what I look for because you in in high dividend, mid dividend stocks. At the end of the day, it's the finance and the CEO who are going to make the decision of whether we were going to keep our dividend, raise our dividend, et cetera. It really needs to be the same thing with marketing. So um, lively discussion today. I, uh, I know Darren enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, if you're thinking about B2B content, um, have questions, give us a call, look up the website at randinc.cc, happy to just talk to you about it. And you're really, there's an opportunity there. People are consuming, but you need to think about it, have a plan and do it well. Um, and that's probably means, you you know, you're not going to necessarily to do it well, do it completely in-house, maybe partly, but, uh, with that. We are the Marketing Madmen, Men and you've been listening to us on Extra 106.3. Have a great week.
0: Doctora Ramos, a la sala de espera.
1: Hay un problema que afecta a muchos niños que no puedo resolver sola. Se llama estrés tóxico. Es la manera en que el cuerpo de los niños responde a experiencias difíciles, desde palabras bruscas hasta una pérdida dolorosa. Esto hace que sea más difícil combatir infecciones y enfermedades. También aumenta el riesgo de problemas de salud a largo plazo. Pero hay pasos que los padres pueden tomar para ayudar. Aprende cuatro cosas que puedes hacer para superar el estrés tóxico en FirstFiveCalifornia.com.